Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Happy Monday to each of you and hope that your week is getting off to as good of a start as possible for those of us here in Memphis that obviously is getting it started off to a winter wonderland. And I imagine even if you're not listening in the Memphis area, if you're in the U.S., you may uh, be experiencing the same wherever you are, wherever you are listening. Hope that you were staying safe, staying warm, and that everything is is as good as possible for you, considering whatever conditions you may be enduring right now. Uh, thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the very, very, very important victory that the Grizzlies experienced last night in Sacramento. It cannot be stated enough, uh, especially considering what is coming up, what had been occurring for this Grizzlies team, and obviously the way that they were able to get the win in Sacramento. In the second segment, we'll talk a little bit about how we are starting to see the ideal lineups for Taylor Jenkins to utilize really come together. Unfortunately, though it's been through injuries and many players, many pivotal players being unavailable, it does seem like, you know, the, the best lineups for the Grizzlies to start as well to utilize off the bench have certainly come to light until um, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Justice Winslow um, return. And then the third segment, we'll talk about why this weekend was so critical in terms of getting the Grizzlies back on track, why it was so important for them to get a split on the West Coast because of the very congested schedule that they have coming up as the NBA starts trying to um, allow for the Grizzlies to make up you know, the six postponed games that they had in January. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at StatsSAC. You can find the podcast wherever podcasts are. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts, we are there. And we ask that you listen, subscribe, review, let us know what you think. We always want to deliver content that is relevant to our listeners' preferences. We also want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now and you put in the promo code locked on, you'll get 20% off your next order from Built Bar. So obviously, you know, one of the big uh, one of the big areas of news for the Grizzlies coming into last night was who would be available for them and who would not be available for the Kings. And, and, and for the Kings side, you know, it was De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley who would set out, you know, the previous game for the Kings, um, you know, before, you know, last night's game against Memphis. And for the Grizzlies, it was revealed on Saturday that the hope was, was that Brandon Clark would be able to be back in the lineup after four games, after missing four games due to a calf injury. Well, it kind of worked out hand in hand for the Grizzlies. Uh, yes, they were able to uh, regain uh, the services of Brandon Clark um, after his calf injury had uh, kept him out for four games. But they also uh, were going to have to go up against uh, De'Aaron Fox, who was returning from injury. Seemed like the Kings were willing to let him sit one game so that they could have him on a pretty pivotal back-to-back for them last night versus the Grizzlies at tonight in their game versus the Nets. So a very good development for the Grizzlies in terms of having BC back. And just like they, ha- they have experienced time and time again when it comes to starting the lineup of John Morant, Grayson Allen, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, and Jonas Valanciunas. Some very good developments for them early in the game. After in L.A. getting off to a 20-2 lead, the Grizzlies were right back at it with this lineup in last night's game. 13-2 to open up the game against the Sacramento Kings. Now, I'm not saying that that lineup of the Grizzlies is the best starting lineup in the NBA. I am saying, though, that that lineup is consistently gaining an advantage early in the game and giving the Grizzlies a really nice lead to work with. Thankfully, the difference between last night and when they visited L.A. on Friday night was that the Grizzlies were able to maintain the lead tonight. Now, a big reason 
why you typically are seeing the Grizzlies really get off to a big start with this lineup here recently is because one of Grayson, one of Kyle, one of Dylan, and others are really supporting Ja and Jonas in the in their production. You know, we saw it on Wednesday night, you know, against uh, Charlotte with uh, uh, Kyle really stepping forward. We've seen Grayson do it over the past couple of games. Well, tonight it was Dylan. Dylan got off to a very hard st hot start. 12 points in the first quarter, 16 overall points were directly caused by him, um, you know, to, through 12 points and two assists, just was able to find his shot. And the big thing, in my opinion, for Dylan Brooks that was a bit different, you know, from when he was struggling, you know, right before the break and obviously, you know, last week at times, was that there was just so much intent with the progression of his ability to get to the basket. He was setting up the defense. He was making sure that he was looking to see if there were passes. And if there wasn't, he was then taking the high percentage shot that was available to him. Now, obviously, this Kings defense leaves a lot to be desired, but that's a really encouraging sign when it comes to Dylan. You know, he had talked about it in the offseason. And, you know, even though we're six weeks removed from that, we're still early in the season, uh, theoretically. Dylan is starting to see, I think, some benefits happen with all the hard work that he is getting given towards his ball movement. It's just allowing for him to guide himself through the defense and through progressions and really set him up either for making a play for another teammate or getting his shot. Another encouraging develop from this was that once again, the Grizzlies coming off a night against the Lakers on Friday night where they had allowed, where they had only allowed six threes on 30 shots, the Grizzlies started off this game only allowing one three on the first 11 shots for the Sacramento Kings. So five straight quarters of really good defensive effectiveness against the three, whereas in the previous four games, in which they had lost four out of five games, they had run into a lot of trouble not being able to stop the opposing teams from shooting the three. So some good development. Once again, an overall offense that was continuing to step up and have different contributors each night support John Jonas, as well as the defense starting to be more effective, starting to regain its identity like it had during the seven-game winning streak earlier this year. As the second quarter occurred, the Grizzlies and Kings kind of went back and forth. You know, the Grizzlies would, you know, basically maintain between a 10 and 15 point lead throughout the quarter. I mean, you know, the Kings would have, you know, they, they even got the lead back down to five at one point, but they would go back and forth with the Grizzlies, but just continued play um, and contributions uh, from, from Brandon Clark and, and Xavier Tillman, as well as Tyus Jones, plus just the overall ability for the Grizzlies to find different ways to score through Jonas Valanciunas and others, and that led to the Grizzlies having a 62-46 to halftime lead. Well, going into the second half, you know, of course, we saw what occurred. We saw that this Grizzlies team, unfortunately, they had gotten when they after their games against Indiana and Houston we have seen that the Grizzlies had started to once again through the lineup that I had mentioned earlier they had started to get really big leads but then they would go into halftime with these leads just like I, like it happened on Sunday night and get, and basically squander them in the third quarter just either through turnovers either through fouls just whatever just ineffective basketball and they just did not have the goods to you know regain the lead plus one other part of the game that really has been a bugaboo for this Grizzlies team is the last three minutes of the third and the first three minutes of the fourth quarter. Well, tonight, it started out that way. The the, um, the Kings you know, got off to a really good start in the third quarter, but the Grizzlies were able to counteract the Kings with, again, good efficient scoring. Jonas was stepping up. Jaw had a big third quarter with eight points, I believe. You know, his most productive quarter of the night. And the Grizzlies, and Kyle Anderson also found his stroke as well. The Grizzlies were just able to, once again, find their balance. And then... When the last three minutes of the third quarter arrived, the Grizzlies were able to maintain a good lineup 
Brandon Clark being back, as well as Sean McDermott providing pretty decent minutes for the Grizzlies last night. It really allowed for them to maintain an overall over that six-minute stretch to final three minutes of the third into the first three minutes of the fourth. This Grizzlies team was able, I believe, to keep it right even. I think they either were a plus one over that six-minute stretch or kept it even, but a lot better than the usual stretch in which they, you know, were outscored by 10 or more points by their opponents. So again, you know, and then in the fourth quarter, the Grizzlies were just able to maintain it. Though the uh, uh, Kings did make a little bit of a late run in the fourth quarter, the Grizzlies were able to continue through their passing and through their balance, were able to find ways to be able to score the basketball and secure the win. Again, just another thrilling night when it comes to the Grizzlies. You know, again, I do think, I've talked about the identity of this team without John Morant and Jonas Valanciunas. I talked about it being their ability to defend. Well, I think that an even more appropriate identity is emerging now for this Grizzlies team, and that's their ability to pass. They now have 15 straight games in which the Grizzlies have had 27 or more assists in a game. That is one shy of the longest streak in NBA history for a team to have 27 or more assists in consecutive games. So the Grizzlies could make a bit of NBA history, but the big reason why that's so important is because it allows for everybody to continue to to contribute even if someone were to struggle and because even if a few folks were to struggle shooting their effective passing allows for others to have a better night themselves the grizzlies ability to pass just allows for them to ha- continue to have a high floor when it comes to finding scoring opportunities even with jaw for instance struggling he was able for the third straight night to have 10 or more assists and just continue to find ways to himself directly be responsible for 35 or 40 or more points and again just allow for the grizzlies to have multiple sources that really are stepping up and delivering. Of course, the Grizzlies also were able to find advantages through their ability to create turnovers and offensive rebounds, and as a result, also had 12 more shot attempts than the Kings as well. So just up and down, the Grizzlies had once again another game in which they got a convincing victory from having everybody contribute. You had seven or more people in, in, in double figures, seven or more people who had assists last night. You had you had your stars contributing, even though they may not have been scoring at times, and you just had the overall balance that was there for this Grizzlies lineup. Plus, they played their style of basketball in, in high energy and high effectiveness, gaining more turnover or creating more turnovers than the other team did, getting more offensive rebounds. Just every single level that the Grizzlies need to be at in order to win convincingly and beat nearly any team in the NBA they were at last night, and it certainly shined through. Another thing, though, that shined through that was really exciting to see was the combination of Brandon Clark and Xavier Tillman, and that combined with how effective this starting lineup has been, I really think is starting to shine a light and really should cement how the Grizzlies lineup should look going forward until Jaron Jackson Jr. and Justice Winslow come back. Coming up, I'll talk about just how important it is for Taylor Jenkins, in my opinion, to stick with what has worked and how it will really be benefit the Grizzlies both both until and after both Jaron Jackson Jr. and and Justice Winslow return to action. The NBA and NHL seasons are now in full swing, and college basketball is coming up on its most exciting time of the year. Plus, other things such as the UFC are right in action almost every week. Plus, we've got baseball on the horizon. So if you like to enjoy watching sports and your favorite athletes for fun, that's great. But if you want to add to your enjoyment by putting a little money on the line and potentially profiting, I've got one place that has you covered and one place you can trust. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports actions. Football might be over, 
but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Promo code Locked On. Again, if you go to BetOnline and you use the promo code Locked On when you sign up today, you'll receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our Locked On Today podcast. With our Locked On Today podcast, Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under twenty minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Up this week, we will have some some fun guests on the show. Obviously, just to be honest, some folks probably have a little bit more time available since all of us will mostly be uh, kind of lodged in over the next few days as we let this uh, a snowpocalypse, for lack of a better word, uh, come and go. Again, hope everybody is staying as safe as possible and as warm as possible. But on Tuesday's episode, I'll be glad to welcome back site manager of Grizzly Bear Blues and a new father now for the third time uh Joe Molinax will be glad to will be glad to uh, return to the show um he's been a, a fun guest of ours this year always great perspective so he'll be joining us on Tuesday's episode and then later on in the week Drew Hill from the Daily Memphian uh, kind of a a third of the way through the season you know um just kind of checkpoint talking with Drew about all the things he's noticed about the Grizzlies uh, a lot of uh, fun stories that have developed a lot of you know things on and off the court that the Grizzlies have had to deal with so we'll also talk with him so Drew so Joe Molinax and Drew Hill will join us this week plus one or two other probable guests will be here as well really excited to get to catch up with many of the great minds that cover Memphis basketball as we get into you know our third of the way through the season with the Grizzlies clearly um, remaining in the playoff picture and one of the big reasons why this Grizzlies team has really stayed in the playoff picture is you got to give credit to coach Taylor Jenkins now I do agree you know, I mentioned in the first segment talking about that that six minute stretch of death, basically for this Grizzlies lineup or for this Grizzlies team, in which it's the last three minutes of the third quarter, quarter, the uh, first three minutes of the fourth quarter. In a lot of games, the lineup choices that Taylor Jenkins has chosen has not been beneficial for Memphis, and I know that his goal was to get his players rest. But unfortunately, he just either did not have a big enough lead or just did not have the talent available for them to be able to overcome the the, the runs that the other teams have had. But one thing that Taylor Jenkins did get right, and he got it right to start the season, was the lineup of Jaw, Grayson, um, uh, Dylan Brooks, um, Kyle Anderson, and Jonas Valanciunas. You know, I mentioned it on Saturday's episode. I talked about how beneficial, just how really, really dominant this lineup has been to start the season. And again, I'm not sitting here saying that this lineup is one of the best lineups in the um, in the league at the moment. But what I am saying is, is that it's hard to deny when, the, when that lineup, when that five-man lineup has played together, how productive they have been, not only offensively, but also defensively. Now, you know, having nearly a 26, you know, net rating with an offensive rating in the 120s and a defensive rating under 100 plus a highly, you know, a highly valuable effective field goal percentage. They just balance each other out so well. You've got three shooters on any given night with Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, and Grayson Allen supporting Jaw and Jonas, who when they play together, really elevate the play, really elevate the play of each other in the Grizzlies offense as a whole. So you've just got so many different established ways in which the Grizzlies can find success. Smart plays, 
folks that will, will, will pass the ball around. You've got different aspects you can use. The shooting, Jaws passing ability, JV's ability inside, the overall defense that's there as well. There's some really, really positive things about that lineup. So I think that even when um, um, Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton come back, I still think that the Grizzlies would be smart to utilize the lineup of John Grayson, Dylan Kyle, and JV uh, until they get Justice Winslow and Jaron Jackson Jr. back. And even then, we may be able to have you know a further discussion about where Justice you know himself fits, though Jaron obviously will be in the starting lineup. But the key about it is, is that this lineup, that starting lineup, has remained successful, even as inconsistent as the Grizzlies have been, both shooting and defending the three here recently, basically, you know, during the month of February. But the good thing is, is that arguably the one player who impacts them in the most positive way when it comes to defending the three, and the one player who mostly impact, you know, makes the most impact to them shooting the three. Those two players have been out. Both Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton have been out over the past two games. And the Grizzlies have been able to hold their opponents to 14 for 63 for shooting the three. And they've also found some success themselves. You know, Though they only attempted 21 shots last night from three, they found enough high percentage looks to keep the balance there and to thwart any type of runs that Sacramento tried to make to get back into the game. So even if a shift had been made to try to start Bain over Allen, and even if DeAnthony Melton has shown just how packable he, he can be when he's on the court, I think that when it comes to the flow, the chemistry, the balance of this team, and just what makes sense, giving some sense of uniformity going forward, I think that the starting lineup should be Jaw, should be Grayson, Dylan, Kyle, and JV. Just how well ever, all of them are playing together and they're complementing each other. You know, the other night, I'll say this as well, Jaw talked about, he was beaming. Joe Molinax asked him about him and Grayson's chemistry and how well they're playing with each other. And John was beaming. He said that him, Tyus, and Grayson were after the L.A. game, though they had lost, they absolutely were thrilled with the play that all of them had together because of the chemistry that's developing between them. So keeping that started lineup, John Grayson, Dylan, Kyle, and um, uh, Jonas, I think is a really beneficial look for this Grizzlies team and allows for them to have a, a consistent advantage against the better talents that they'll face on other teams going forward. But then you've now got um, Tyus Jones, DeAnthony Melton, Desmond Bain, Brandon Clark, and Xavier Tillman after that. That's your second lineup. How beneficial does that sound? You've got efficiency up and down the board with Tyus's passing, Brandon Clark's shooting, Xavier Tillman's decision-making, and Desmond Bain's three-point shooting, as well as DeAnthony Melton's defense. So many different skills in a second lineup that's going to be facing less skilled talents and in less organized basketball. They're going to be able to feature their talents more and really find success. Now, a big reason why the Grizzlies bench last year was so effective was because of the efficiency of Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark. It's been so effective this year due to the three-point shooting that you've seen at times with Desmond Bain and Grayson Allen. But now you get to combine all that together into a lineup in your second unit that can really, really make a difference against other teams. So, And then from there, you've got two lineups. You're now 10 deep, and even though John Concher and Gorgie Dang may not be involved in the lineup, that's fine. Th those are talents that, you know, on this roster were always considered to be you know, eleventh or you know, eleventh or further down when it came to the roster. But the big thing about it is, is that not only do you have two established 
easy to utilize lineups, you know, in a blueprint, in a vacuum, theoretically, but you've got different mixes and matches that you can use. If you need to go with the lineup that's going to shoot the ball well, put Grayson and Tyus and um, Bain out there on the court. If you need a defensive lineup to really be able to thwart an offensive team's, you know, attempt to get back in the game, put Melton, Dillon, and Kyle out there. You know, there's different looks that Taylor Jenkins can utilize from those 10 players available, despite the fact that he already has two very effective and very logical lineups to use that allows for him to confidently go too deep in any combination that he wants and any position that's on the court. So that's another big thing that has developed with Bain and Melton being out. This Grizzlies team has once again found the way to defend the three and has still shown that they can shoot the three without their best talents defending and shooting the three being unavailable. And it's a big development for this Grizzlies team because as we've talked about, as good as they've looked at times and as bad as they've looked at times, they certainly have improved, but they've remained inconsistent. And if they can find lineups now in their as terms of their starting lineup as well as their second lineup, but they have a logical lineup both to start the game and off the bench that really should help out their consistency. But not only that, it should allow for them to consistently have multiple ways in which they can win games, whether it be defense, whether it be shooting, or whether it be offensive balance. All those things are on the table when it comes to this Grizzlies team. Plus, when you have nights where combined between Xavier Tillman and Brandon Clark, they give you in a combined 44 minutes, 25 points, 9 rebounds on and on 9 and 12 shooting, and combined they were a plus 15, that in of itself really shows that the inside-outside balance with the Grizzlies is not just with their starting lineup. It still exists even when they go to a bit the bench. So a lot of encouraging developments from this weekend in terms of hopefully getting a bit more consistent look when it comes to this Grizzlies lineups. One thing that they tried to achieve all year due to injuries and COVID and whatever it may be, if they can get a stretch where they can have you know t- their 10 or 11 you know best talents available right now um, in play, I really think you could see them put an exciting stretch of basketball together to hopefully get a winning record that they can keep for a while. And that's the thing about it, though, is that they're going to have to figure out a way. This uniformity when it comes to finding lineups that work, I think it's going to be key this week because this weekend is going to be a hectic week. Due to the scheduling that happened in January, another game has been thrown into the schedule for the Grizzlies this week. Coming up, I'm going to discuss it. I'm going to discuss how important it is for these line, for the continuity and uniformity of these lineups to come together and just how important this stretch for the season could be with the Grizzlies' playoff hopes becoming more and more in picture now with them 11-11, and 11, 22 games into the season. The Grizzlies may certainly have a difficult stretch of games just in general in terms of the amount of games that they will have, four games in five nights. I can tell you this, while they're going to hope that the lineups will allow for them to have success, I can tell you this, no matter how difficult of a stretch you've had, and I know that we've all probably experienced a difficult stretch or two recently with all that's going on over the past year. It's small little things that you can add to your day, especially if they can promote health, that can make things a bit better. And one solution that I feel can offer that is Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, a great addition to your day. You can have it for breakfast, you can have it in the afternoon as a snack, before or after workout, wherever you choose to enjoy it, it certainly will add benefit to your day. The great thing about it is, is that there are 18 different flavors now to choose from. So no matter what your taste preferences is, you're likely going to find what you need. And when you go to BuiltBar.com right now, you can actually not only choose from those 18 flavors, but you can use the promo code Locked On and get 20% off your next order from Built Bar. Again, that's 20% off your next order from Built Bar using the promo code Locked On. And I can tell you this. Once you make Built Bar a part of your day, it's going to be there to stay. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order from Built Bar. 
Listen to Locked On NBA on Mondays. Josh Lloyd, host of our wildly popular Locked On Fantasy Basketball, takes you around the NBA's major headlines with the help of our local experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast today wherever you get your podcasts. Again, want to remind you that on tomorrow's show, Joe Malinak, site manager of Grizzly Bear Blues, after a bit of a sabbatical uh, due to becoming a father now for the third time, congratulations to him and his family. And in the midst of a busy football schedule on his end, he's uh, been kind enough to take the time uh, to sit down with us and we'll get catch up with him. A lot of fun perspective. A lot of things have changed since we last talked with Joe. Always love getting his perspective on all things Grizzlies. He'll be with us uh, for tomorrow's episode. Later on this week, we'll also have Drew. Drew Hill of the Daily Memphian to get his perspective on what's been, you know, I don't necessarily want to say it's been a fun-filled season for the Grizzlies, but it certainly has not lacked content. It's been action-packed with all the twists and turns. But what are the results of, you know, all the different, you know, nuances of this season, the wrenches that have been thrown into plans, whatever you want to call it, is the fact that right now the Grizzlies now have six games that they have to make up from their six postponed games during the month of January as a result of COVID-19. Well, that's going to start uh, this week. Now, the Grizzlies, um, you know, they, coming into last Friday's game against the Lakers, they were going to have six games in eight nights. Well, now that they've had two of those games out of the way, the fun really starts while they will be off tonight. Starting uh, t- on Tuesday, uh, the Grizzlies will then have four games in five nights. Now, thankfully... All those games will be at home, so there won't be a travel day on Wednesday. But if you if you endured, you know, all last year with with the unexpected pause in the season, and if you endured January, which we didn't have, you know, as much basketball as we would have liked, well, you're going to get rewarded now with the Grizzlies having four games in five nights. And one of the big benefits of the Grizzlies game on. Um, uh, or last night, was that since they got a big lead and were able to maintain it, some really good stretches of minutes from players like John Conchar, Sean McDermott, Tillman, and Clark, that allowed for many of the Grizzlies starters to stay at or under 30 minutes, which is should hopefully be beneficial. But this week coming up, the Grizzlies have another you know game with the, the, the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans and the Grizzlies, they had a, a very close game uh, a, a few days ago, uh, last week. Um, you know, Unfortunately, the Grizzlies were not able to, to land the win, though they played well enough to do it for 42 minutes, but they'll welcome the Pelicans on Tuesday night. The Thunder will be in town on Wednesday night, and then on Friday night of next week, we've got the Pistons, and then on Saturday night, we've got the Suns. So, not the toughest of schedules when it comes to this Grizzlies team. When you look at it right now, three of the four games are against opponents that have a 500 record or or below. 500 or worse record. But the thing about it is this, is that none of these opponents are going to be easy. We all know that ever since Zion and Ja entered the league, the Pelicans have had a lot of success against us. The Thunder just came off beating the Bucks. They have played consistently tough basketball. They were one of the teams that took the Lakers to overtime. They are consistently finding ways to be competitive, so they're going to be a tough matchup. We all know that when it comes to the Pistons, they've been playing better basketball as of recently, and when they've won, it's been against playoff caliber teams so they're going to be a tough opponent and then obviously the Suns have kind of you know got their season back on track after a bit of a rut coming off their own sabbatical due to COVID-19 they at 17 and 9 will be waiting for us on Saturday so you know I've noticed on this schedule in my opinion that there's just been stretches of games where you look at it and you're just like okay just look at I know that the Grizzlies talk about keeping the mindset on the now 
winning each quarter, winning each game, and then going to the next one. For me, looking at the schedule so far, it's been all about splits. Like this West Coast road trip, just get a split. It would have been wonderful for the Grizzlies to have won Friday night, but unfortunately, it just didn't break that way. Well, thankfully, they came back, and they didn't let that get to them, and they were able to get a big win against a fellow team that's trying to be in that play-in last part of the playoff bubble with the Grizzlies in the Kings. So they were able to get a big win there. Well, now we come up on a week in which we're going to get four games in five nights. Now, each of these games are very winnable for the Grizzlies. You know, you know, they showed that they have the capability of beating the Pelicans that they could play 48 full minutes. Um, you know, just a you know a week or so ago, they showed on Martin Luther King Day that they can beat the Suns. They did very well against Devin Booker and the Suns, you know, in, a, in an upset victory. And of course, they should, in my opinion, be able to beat the Thunder and the Pistons. However, I do feel that you're going to get what they call a schedule loss, just like we had in Indiana. Uh, right after the uh, we returned uh, to the uh, season from the pause in the season, you're going to have a schedule loss. There's going to be a night where it, this week it's going to be hard for the Grizzlies to have the energy to pull off the victory. That's not an excuse. That's not me you know, saying anything negative. It's just what happens at times. But if the Grizzlies can emerge from this week with a split, that'll be a huge, huge development because after this four games and five night stretch, the Grizzlies do get two ga- two days off, two much needed days. I'm sure the players are already looking forward to a week from now when they will start to get those that two day um, you know swing of rest. You know after you know this tough stretch of basketball. But after this four games and five night stretch, we then have the LA Clippers on on the docket, and we will be playing them um, at home. But again, you know, a big development is is that the Grizzlies, since they've been traveling, they took this quick West Coast road trip. They at the very least will be in town for the next twelve days, six straight games at home. And so, if the Grizzlies can just at the very least get a split this week, if they could get a split this week and catch back up with the rest of the league in terms of the number of games that teams have played, that will again be a big development because as you've seen, you're starting to see a few of these teams start to fall off a bit that were in that playoff discussion. The Pelicans, the Kings, the Mavericks really haven't got going as of yet either. Uh, and you know, the the, uh, the Grizzlies will be playing, uh, the Mavericks actually, excuse me, the Grizzlies before they welcome the Clippers to town, they'll actually be playing the Mavericks. So actually play the Mavericks in Dallas. So six of the next seven games will be on the on, you know, in the FedEx form, and of course, one big divisional game against the Mavericks. So a very, very critical stretch for this Grizzlies team. Again, once again, looking over it, Tuesday night, uh, have the Pelicans at home. Thursday night, you've got the Thunder. Then the Grizzlies do get a day of rest on Thursday. Pistons are come to Memphis. Suns come to Memphis on Friday and Saturday. And then following that on Monday, the Grizzlies will be playing um, in Dallas. So if the Grizzlies can just simply get a split for the rest of the week, that will put them at 13-13 and 13 before a big divisional matchup against, against the Mavericks one week from today. That certainly is a very, very logical outcome. And if the Grizzlies do anything worse than that, it'll be an incredible turn of events. If they were to ho- if they were to only get one win this week, you still manage going forward. You hope, though, you don't go through a four-game win- losing streak, and I don't think they will. But again, if the Grizzlies can just stay balanced, if they can keep these lineups in place that have been so successful, and if they can continue to defend the three while also finding high-percentage looks for themselves, hopefully with Desmond Bain and, and, and um, uh D'Anthony Melton coming back into the fold to allow for the Grizzlies to have more depth to spread their minutes out. 
All of those will be really encouraging developments. And if we could talk a week from now when previewing the Mavericks and the Grizzlies are 13 and 13 or better, we can look back. And I think we'll look back, especially towards the end of the season, if the Grizzlies are in the playoff picture. This middle of February run, I think, will be looked back upon as being a very critical stretch due to just how congested it is. This team is certainly up for it. You just got to hope that, you know, health remains in place, more depth will come into play, and the Grizzlies can remain consistent, especially shooting and defending the three. Again, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC, the podcast wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to listen, we ask that you do, and please listen, subscribe, review, let us know what you think. It's always a pleasure being able to talk Grizzlies basketball with those who are just as passionate about Grizzlies and the NBA as I am. Again, stay safe, stay warm, stay smart as far as this weather goes, and do all that you can to make sure that you and your loved ones can go through these next few days as much as possible. Thankfully, with this weather being in place, we at least get a lot of Grizzlies basketball to help us endure it and get through it, and hopefully we'll all be in good shape afterwards, just like the Grizzlies will be. Hope you have a great Monday. Until next time, we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.